This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by GoGo's Bootcamp. Are you a real estate agent looking for the very best media training program on the planet? GoGo Bethke is considered the top Instagram realtor in the country, and her step-by-step training program will take your social media game to the next level. Keeping It Real listeners receive a special discount, so please visit gogopodcast.com. That's G-O-G-O podcast.com for your special discount. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a few moments, we're going to be speaking with Jess Lenovo from the Listings Lab. Before we get to Jess, just a few quick reminders. I think, uh, and I don't know, I should know, but we have approximately 250 episodes. And I, the whole intention when we started this podcast was really to create a timeless library that new agents or any agent that's looking to become a top producer can go and learn from these mavericks who have come before them. And so I just want to remind everyone that yes, we are putting out new episodes every single week. I think we average about three episodes or so a week and there's with new content, but we have so much great past content. So really encourage everyone, especially if you're new to the show, to go back through our previous history. Now, the um, the RSS feed that feeds into like your podcast app might only show you like a hundred or so of the episodes at a time. But what you can do is you can actually go right to our website to see all of them at once. So feel free to visit us at keepingitrealpod.com. And that has every episode we've ever done. You can actually stream it right from the browser there because I know there are some restrictions with podcast apps with showing every episode. So go all the way back because there's so much great wisdom in there. And also please follow us on Facebook. Find us at facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And you can watch us record episodes live because as we're recording them, we stream them live into that Facebook page. And as you, as always, please remember to tell a friend, think of one other agent that could benefit from hearing episode interviews with top producers and send them a link to the show. And now on to our interview with Jess Lenouville. Today on the show, we have Jess Lenouvel uh, from thelistingslab.com. Now, Jess is a real estate expert and founder and CEO of The Listings Lab, a virtual training and mentorship program for real estate agents to get them from six to seven figures. With over 15 years of experience, Jess helps agents overhaul their advertising and scale massively while leveraging the power of online marketing. Instead of relying upon old school, traditional methods used in the industry, she uses strategies developed through partnerships and real experience. Jess has personally built a multiple seven-figure business that has sold over 300 million of property in the last five years alone. Now, as head of the listings lab, she has helped over a thousand real estate agents create a track record of huge results. Please, everyone listening or watching right now, go visit thelistingslab.com. Jess, welcome to the show. I am so, so excited to be here. Thanks so much. 
I am so excited to have you. Um, this is uh, really, we're very, very excited. We're so glad that we connected with with each other, um, or I'm so glad we connected with each other. And um, I would like first, before we get to the Listings Lab and all of the services that you do offer real estate agents to help get them to have their best uh, year ever in 2021 and beyond, um, I'd like to learn more about you because you were a top producer and you, you ultimately ended up leaving to start this business to help real estate agents. But I'd love to hear about how you built your your real estate business. Yeah, for sure. So I got into real estate almost by accident. I think a lot of us can sort of say that. Um, I was 21, straight out of school, had no idea what I was going to do. I have a degree in African and Caribbean studies. So not so you could super. Be a, so you could be a, a, a professor, I'm guessing. And uh... No, not even anymore. I need more qualifications <laughs> for that. So, um, But my mom's been a realtor for 35 years. So she sort of said, you know, I think you'd be good at it. Maybe try, see what you think. Um, so I got my license and just kind of like puttered around for a year or two. I, and this, you know, is, this is at 21. At 21. So I was really wow. young. And I looked right. like I was 16. So it was it, it was actually pretty hard. <laughs> to and, get. None, and I'm assuming none of your friends at 21 are probably, or very few are buying property. Well, and the other thing that I struggled with was my entire sphere of influence was also my mom's. Right. So, right. Like, were they going to use me or were they going right. to use my mom who had 20 years of experience and wasn't 21? Right. Exactly. Right? So, so that was rough starting out, but, uh, the way that I actually got my business rolling, there was this brand new thing out there called Facebook. And I essentially started prospecting on Facebook in the classified section, which is doesn't exist anymore. Right. Uh, but I just started making connections with people, friending people, having conversations, things like that, that were clearly looking for something to do with real estate. Some of it ended up being rentals at first that turned into buyers down the road. Some of it actually ended up being listings and things like that, that I pulled from there. Obviously that wouldn't work nowadays, but back then I, there were very few people doing it. So it yeah. worked really well. And that's really how I started initially growing my business. Yeah. I remember like 10 or 11 years ago, there were people, and it was very rare that that somebody would think to do this, but but with Twitter in particular, when Twitter was a lot more popular, uh, you could do the same thing. You could do a geographic search for the community that you service for real estate and then look for certain keywords like moving or new house or or new job and, and things like that. And, and those aren't um, as accessible anymore. Um, and now we have the Facebook marketplace, but no classifieds and and uh, things. So, but when, and just out of curiosity, when you were finding people on Facebook, which again, I'm assuming these are people because it's classified, these are people you didn't know before. Mm -hmm. Did you find it, was it challenging to make those connections to, because Facebook really is a peer to peer or friend to friend network. Yeah. Was it difficult to sort of bridge that gap? Not really. I think that I went about it really differently and I still do the same thing. I still teach the same thing. We lead with value. Yeah. Right. And so that's exactly what I did back then. It was, you know, what do they need? What do what don't they know? And, you know, you start the relationship that way. The law of reciprocity is super powerful. So, you know, I, I would give them as much value as I could. And then when it came down to it, a lot of the time they would turn around and say, hey, you know what? I think you should just help us. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, and then so so you started to grow your business, you know, predominantly fed through uh, connections you made on on social media, Facebook mm -hmm. in particular, um, and and then then sort of how did you move on from there? So I did a lot of different things. My the first I would say the first 
eight years of real estate, I was a solid six, six multiple six figure agent, which isn't hard to do in my market. Um, and, you know, I found clients in different ways. Most of it was online, but I very rarely put a lot of kind of juice behind what I was doing. Sure. And about my last five years, I decided, okay, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to keep doing this, then I'm going to kick it up a notch. I want to do something. I don't want to really see what I'm capable of here. So I kind of, the big mindset shift for me was really, I stopped looking at myself as a realtor and I started looking at myself as a marketer. Yeah. And I went out and I learned marketing from anywhere that I possibly could. I took programs and courses. I went outside of the industry. Um, I got engaged to my wonderful now husband who had a background in graphic design, but also really, really understood marketing. And he and I kind of came together and we started to develop what we use now, which has changed and evolved, of course, a hundred times, sure. but it really started to work. And really what ended up happening is I was working for a builder because I wanted to learn the inside of some builder stuff back then. And when I, when I left that position, I was like, well, I'm starting from scratch, essentially. Right. What are we going to do and how are we going to do this quickly? So, you know, we really, at the time, we started building landing pages and we started building landing pages and running ads and building relationships on Facebook and, and really creating like really value-driven content to put out into the world. And we went from essentially zero to seven figures in six months. Wow. Talk about burnout. I don't recommend it. <laughs> right. Because you still have to service every one of those yeah. leads and clients, right? hundred percent. And it was just me because he's oh. not licensed never has been. Wow. So um, obviously at that point, at about six months, the team started to grow <laughs> yeah, yeah, out of necessity for my mental health. And we ended up growing like just a small team. It was never a massive team. I mean, we never wanted one, but you know, the team was very high producing. We ended up doing somewhere between 250, 300 deals a year, three wow. agents, um, three Incredible. agents and, 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 you know, marketing and admin. So you would basically, you and your husband would be kind of the marketing arm and also running the business and also probably servicing clients too. You know, you'd be servicing clients too, yep. but then being able to feed those, the, those, the, the fruit of your marketing efforts to, to the team. And they would just go, that's amazing. Yep. Yeah. So it ended up being really great and it was fun. And, you know, we were having, we were having a lot of success and, and at the same time, because we'd leveraged the team so well that I wasn't, I wasn't in a situation where I had to be on call all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would take a good two to three months off a year. We traveled all the time. We would just kind of look at the seasons of what was happening in the market and decide when we were going to take off. Sure. And yeah, I mean, life was good. Yeah, it's, it sounds, it sounds like it. And, and I'm curious too on, you know, and what the sort of spend was per client back then? Like, what did it, if you, if you remember the numbers from, from back then, you know, because I know, you know, we, Facebook actually corporate comes on our show once a month to talk about tools they have for real estate agents. And we've had lots of social media experts come on um, and people that have built a lot of their business through, through social, you know, search engine mark, either search engine marketing or social marketing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm always curious on like what the return was then and, and has it changed at all uh, to what people are, are spending uh, now? I actually think that it was a little bit more back then than it, that I would say it is now. I'm going to work a number for you, but we were spending around $3,000 a month. So we mm -hmm. were not spending that much money. Right. 
Um, so about I mean, one, one, one sale covers that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, 36 grand a year and let's say 250, 69 bucks. Wow. Incredible. $69 to acquire a customer. That is, I, I mean, any agent would spend that all day long. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the time there was, we, we definitely have built out systems now that are better at using psychology to take someone from stranger to client. Sure. A lot of, you know, when we first started, a lot of that conversion was happening manually, which is the opposite of what I teach now. Right? right. But at the time, like, you know, people weren't using retargeting that often. It was, you know, right. it really wasn't content marketing, wasn't the powerful force that it is now. And so, you know, some of, some of that needed to change over time as we started to scale as well. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, uh, you know, what a lot of agents I think are, you know, they have so much to do with their business. They have to obviously service clients. They have to source clients. They have to do all of most of the admin work, unless they're on a team that'll, you know, maybe takes care of some of that for them. They really are a business owner who wears most of the hats, if not yeah. all of the hats and, you know, marketing and, and in particular, whether it's just branding or whether you're specifically going out looking for, for clients online and, and doing, a, you know, the, you have a marketing spend um, is boy, that is just so much work. Even just your branding around social posts, you know, what are you mm -hmm. posting? How consistent is it with your values, your brand? And, and, and how often are you doing it? The frequency, it's all just so uh, it, it's a, it's an, a crazy um, amount of information to learn as a business owner, and then to then execute it mm -hmm. when you're doing nine, 10 hours a day of other business is, is really, really challenging, which I guess is where you guys come in. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, a lot of what we teach, yes, you have to set it up on the front end, but there's a lot sure. of automation involved in it. So, sure. you know, all of the retargeting campaigns, all the nurture from stranger to client, all of that can be done from an ad, from like a paid traffic standpoint sure. in an automated way. The Also, the way that we teach content creation, I'm a really big proponent of creating your own content. I think that I can go on almost any agent's you know, profile and I can tell whether or not they've outsourced it or they, or they're creating it themselves. I think it's right. pretty obvious for most people. And a lot of content that comes out is, especially from agents is, I would say vague and kind of, I don't know, not very specific, not market specific, not client specific. It just tends to be kind of just a post for the sake of a post. Sure. So a lot of what we teach is basically like, how can you maintain the growth, the marketing, and all of the things that you need to do from a marketing standpoint, both organically and through paid traffic with like an hour a week. So oh, it, well, that's incredible. And, and I realized I jumped way ahead in our story because <laughs> okay. I want to get to the, how do we get to an hour a week yeah. of managing our, our, our social uh, sort of life. Um, but we didn't talk about how you decided to make this your full-time, you know, sort of thing. So, so you were managing this team, you guys were doing hundreds of deals a, a year. You had a system in place where, um, you know, you were managing it and, and, and you were getting a predictable return on investment. You were able to travel uh, for a few months out of the year. And, and then sort of what was the next evolution after that? I think I had, I was in my early thirties and I think I had a bit of an existential crisis. Maybe I went through like a midlife crisis a little young. <laughs> so um, I was in Hawaii 
and I'm driving down this beautiful road. It's By the like, way, a, a wonderful place to have an existential crisis. Oh yeah, no, for sure. If, if you're going to, if you're going to have a breakdown, do it somewhere tropical. <laughs> do, it, do it like in Hawaii or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm it sorry. Go so ahead. Good. Yeah, we were having like this beautiful time, best vacation ever, and we're driving in this Jeep that we rented, top down, and I start bawling, oh. like I'm sobbing, and my husband looks over at me and he's like, "What could you possibly be crying about right now?" <laughs> right, and I just looked at him and I said, I don't think I'm going to sell real estate anymore. Yeah. And his face just dropped <laughs> because he's like, we've built not only our entire lives, but like our financial lives are like everything in our life is comes from that business. What are you talking about? And I'm so lucky because he's the most supportive man in the world. But um, we, I basically said, I was like, look, I, I just, my heart's not in this anymore. I don't feel like I'm doing the right thing. And when I think about you know, what I'm going to be doing when I'm 40 or when I'm 50 or like, this isn't it. Yeah. And so we sat down and he kind of, we started talking about different things and, you know, where things could go. And he sort of said, you know, the, the, the times that I see you light up the most, like the times that I think that you're really the happiest is when somebody comes and knocks on your office door and says, how are you doing this? Yeah. And you get to like help them and, and teach them. And like, even if it's just something really small, that tends to be where you're the happiest. So that's what we did. <laughs> and it was the scariest decision I've ever made in my life because I was walking away from something that really was a sure thing. Yeah, it was predictable. It was reliable. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a machine that you just had to monitor and keep the keep the gears running. Yeah. And but it wasn't it wasn't fulfilling you. It wasn't for me. And, and, you know, I don't think that, like, don't get me wrong. I know that there are people who are super fulfilled by what they do when they're, when they're helping people literally find the place that they're going to lay their head every night. But for, it was just not the right thing for me, I think in the long term. Sure. Um, I also realized being in Hawaii that I wanted to be a little bit more location independent. Yeah. Right. I wanted to be able to pick up and, and sort of work from anywhere and so that's what, that's one of the things that we really took in, took into account as we were building out what we built, we built very, we built the listings lab very quickly. Um, and we, I, I literally could not tell you that it was more of the right thing for me personally. Well, let's talk about the listings lab because I'm, I'm now excited to hear, you know, what, uh, what does fulfill you and, and how it's helping other agents. For sure. So the listings lab is kind of our signature program. We have some other programs as well. We've got a program for new agents. We've got a program called the seven figure agent that is for agents who are really looking to scale quickly and build out their team. Um, but our, our, our listings lab program is everything from a marketing standpoint that you need to go from six to seven figures. So it, the whole premise behind it is the right content in front of the right per person at the right time automatically. Yeah. Right. So it really is about creating relationships at scale. And, you know, I think that there's so many things and so many people that teach you to just talk to more people, sure. whether it's prospecting, whether it's, you know, wearing your realtor pin to the grocery store, like there's all kinds of stuff that people will tell you to do. Everything Have more that, conversations with buyers and sellers. Exactly. That, that's the common approach to finding more clients. Yes, exactly. So everything that I do and everything that I teach is not based on the one-to-one. It's based on one to many. Yeah. So how can you have something that is fully and optimally leveraged 
so that you can have more relationships being built at the same time that feel just as deep or maybe even deeper than if you were having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. So um, the idea is, is that, you know, the lead comes in, however it comes in. We use Facebook a lot because it's the easiest place to micro-target. Sure. And then from there, we actually take someone through a, a nine-point psychological journey from stranger to client. Now, all of that can be done in an automated way through really high quality content. So that's one of like the foundational things that we really focus on. Um, so it's content creation, written video, um, it's it's the psychology, it's understanding this person's, this person at like the deepest level. You know, marketing at the end of the day is just being able to articulate what's in the back of someone's head better than they can. Right. right. And then they'll automatically credit you with the solution. So a lot of what we do at the beginning of the program, the foundations of it are, are it's very psychologically driven and really, you know, doing the market research and really understanding what these people need to hear from you. So I remember years ago before Facebook advert, before social media advertising was as sophisticated as it was that the predominant way people would do this is they would build a landing page for a product or service. They would somehow, you know, through either paid search marketing or, or through organic uh, traffic, they would drive you to, to the homepage. They'd do everything they could to get your first name and your email, because yeah. then they would put you on a drip campaign yeah. and you would get, uh, you would get like, a series of emails and, and that's still, it's not as popular as it used to be, but you still see that from time to time. But that was really the only way that, yeah. that online marketers had, if it was a difficult sort of purchase where you're like, no, I have to nurture this client through this entire process at scale. I better have 15 emails locked and loaded mm -hmm. and I better be driving traffic to get those. And now you're able to sort of evolve. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. That's fine still too. use email too. Like it's yeah. not like email's not dead. I know that some people like to say that it is, it's email's not dead as long as your open rates are good. And as long as, you know, yeah. your emails are really, really high quality it still works, but it's also not enough. It, it, yeah, it isn't enough. And so basically though, we're, we're talking about taking cu customized content and putting someone through a sales funnel um, or, or maybe funnel isn't the right word, but, but just a, a sales sort of uh, journey mm -hmm. um, from, from stranger to hopefully client, but there's, it's a very specific a set of information that you're going to be delivering. Um, you're going to be delivering it in a specific order at a specific time. Um, and based on maybe the interaction even with the previous amount of, uh, of content. So this is uh, really something that you and, and your husband have developed to sort of get, you know, it's basically an, not a fully automated system, but a system that really pushes somebody through a funnel in a way that they're not manually having to do that. Correct. hundred percent. Yeah. And I, the end result is always, the goal is always the come list me call. Right. Hey, I've seen your stuff. I've been following you. I feel like we're best friends already. When can you come and list my house? So we're really, we're talking about getting the customer hooked on your content. Yeah. So, so there's really the element of building that no like, and trust factor. And I know that's yeah. used and it's so cliche in the, in the marketing world, but it really does make all the difference, especially in an industry like real estate that our trust levels from the general public are so bad. Sure. Right. And so it is so important that we're building this kind of human connection, right? If this is a human to human business. We have to build a human connection with another person for that person to feel comfortable enough to not have to interview five people. Sure. So utilizing the social media 
sort of or, or basically social media marketing uh, and, and delivering content to that consumer? How do you uh, introduce yourself and create that um, that connection, uh, you know, through a virtual means when you're not doing it one to one? What do you have any sort of suggestions or tips or, or tricks that that you could share? For sure. So instead of kind of explaining all nine content types, because we'll be here forever, I, I can break it down into three major buckets. Great. So your first bucket is your authority content. So we call it authority value. It's going to be basically like any question that you ever get when you're out selling real estate, that's authority content. Answer that sure. question, yeah. <laughs> right? Teach people what it is that they're asking and what they need to know. Now, I don't believe in things like, you know, your generic market stats and your market updates. I right. think way too many people are just taking something they got from their brokerage with some branding on it and throwing it up on social media. Now, there is a better way to do it, which is basically interpret the data for your audience. What does this actually mean for you? And, you know, give a little bit more information and build a little bit more trust in your expertise in terms of, you know, what, what's the trend in the past? Where are we now? And where do I see this going in the future? So there's a that, that's kind of authority content, which is, you know, you know. I know my stuff, basically. Yeah, I know my stuff. I'm answering your questions. It. I can, I'll, I'll digest the information and I'll present it to you in a way that's, that's more easily digestible for you. Yeah. And it's actually that I'm actually going to pay attention to. <laughs> it's relevant and it's important to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, then we have the, the second bucket, which is your personal bucket. This is personal beliefs, personal philosophy, personal story, because really at the end of the day, if you're just a real estate robot, there's going to be some trust issues in and around there. And especially if you've niched down or you specialize in helping people who are at the same point in life as you are, they're really going to resonate with a lot of the things that are going on in your life. And, you know, I'll get messages from people who are like, Hey, I've been following you for a year and I'm really interested in working with you. By the way, I saw you did a 3d game of Thrones puzzle last weekend. <laughs> and that's, you know, just something random like that. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden, like there's there's some sort of a weird connection that they feel comfortable enough to actually reach out. And I think a lot of that initial reach out will be something like, you know, a funny video of your cat and not necessarily an, an authority piece of content. Right. So a not maybe a non-real estate related sort of I'm a human. Here's what I'm up to kind of. For sure. For sure. And really, really explaining like, who are you? Where, what do you stand for? What do you believe in? Where do you come from? You know, what does your day-to-day -day life look like? What's your lifestyle like? Um, and then our third bucket would be something like social proof. So this is case studies, testimonials, and PR, right. not just listed, just sold. Yeah. Can we talk just really quickly about just listed, just sold just to, um, what are your, I already know your opinion because you're laughing. Um, I, you know, I'm a marketer too, so I'm, I'm not a practicing real estate yeah. agent. Um, and I, I still think the majority of the social posts I see related mm -hmm. to real estate are just listed and just sold. Yeah. And it drives me crazy because I'm like, yes, okay, your friends are, will cheer you on. They'll be like, how exciting for so-and-so. And, and that's great. Um, I don't know that it impresses anybody else. No, and trying to show people that you have business to get more business is a right. pretty ar archaic way of doing things. Right. So really the just listed, just solds are a look at me, look at me. Yes. Whereas your content really should be not what do I want to say, but what does that, what does my ideal client need to hear? Yeah. And I think a lot of the time people will fall into the bad habit of the just listed, just solds because they really don't know what else to do. Yeah, it's easy. 
it's easy that. and yeah. it's what other people are doing and that's what they're seeing. But the only people who really like and comment on those things, just like you said, friends and family who are like, yeah. yay, you did a deal or other agents. Well, and it's also funny too, because it is basically the only industry where people are bragging about their success <laughs> on social media. I mean, really think there is virtually no other, I mean, I don't even see like car salesmen, which I'm not yeah. equating real estate to car salesmen. I'm just thinking of people who sell like a, a product everyone uses. It. Yeah. Like everyone lives somewhere, every drives a home, but I, I, everyone drives a car, but I don't see, Hey, I just sold this really cool car, you know, but you do see, Hey, I just sold this beautiful home. And yeah. that's, um, and, and, uh, again, I guess pos I guess it's, probably better than doing nothing. Um, but it's, it's not really providing value to your consumer in, mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it is, yes, it is saying it, there, there is some, some, uh, authority proof, I guess a little bit with like, Hey, I know what I'm doing. I'm obviously busy and I'm successful, but it's not necessarily giving people content that is going to make a difference in their life. No. And it's really not going to attract the people that you want to work with. And I think that that's really the difference between, you know, creating a business that, is based on chasing and building a business that's based on based on attraction. So, you know, what we teach instead from a social proof standpoint is, you know, something like a case study. Stories are 22 times more powerful, more powerful and more memorable than facts. So, you know, as soon as you start to tell the story of Sally and Jim, who, you know, they just had a baby and they were in a condo that was too small for them and they really needed space and they were like falling all over each other and the baby was crying and they were going to get divorced. And then they started, they, they, they moved, they upsized and what that process looked like. And, you know, now they're in this, this house and they each have their own office and the babies, you know, like, you know, you just want to tell the story because someone's going to see that and be like, oh my gosh, that's me and I need her help to get me there. Right. right. And there's a reason why we're also obsessed with HGTV. It's right. exactly what they're doing. They're just, it's, it's basically a beautiful case study. And that's what people are really drawn to. And at the same time, you're, you're actually in a more effective way showing your audience that you can help them where they are to get where they want to go. So the case study is something we use a lot. Um, testimonials are also something that we use. I really love video testimonials, but a lot of agents are terrified to ask their clients for a quick little video testimonial, but they're the most powerful thing in the world. Super powerful. And all you have to do is tell your client and, and, you know, basically beg and plead them, but in a, in a nice way to say, all you have to do is turn your phone around, yeah. push record for an one minute or mm -hmm. however long it takes you tell the story. Um, you know, there, whatever you want to, whatever your experience was, was buying this home or selling a home or working with me, you know, um, it's, it's remarkably, it's, it, you don't need it. There's the, you don't need to hire a, a crew, although you can no, certainly gosh, do that. No. But, but yeah, it's, it's just, um, it's, it's remarkable. And, and that's, yeah, we, we all, I mean, there's a reason why reality TV is, is like half of the television that's on even today, um, because we like seeing real life stuff and it doesn't have to be perfectly polished or perfectly lit. It just has to, the content has to be authentic mm -hmm. and, and, and yeah, just real. You know, the other trick that we use sometimes where when a client is like really worried about like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to take a video yeah. myself. We'll just get them on Zoom, Perfect. hit speak review, and then you crop yourself out of the top. I love <laughs> it. It just, it makes it super easy. You can ask them a couple of questions. You can edit it a little bit. And then just, you know, you have yourself this beautiful testimonial that's actually on video and people really trust the video more than they trust a written review. 
Yeah. Abs- oh, absolutely. Because anyone can fabricate a, a written review. Uh, it, it takes a lot more work to fabricate a video, which <laughs> a that can be work. done too, but it's a lot harder. And and obviously you're, you're, you know, probably aren't, aren't yeah. going to be fabricating video, but, um, but boy, I see a lot of testimonials on agent websites and I, even I, I'm like, is that a real, a did written, someone really write that? Yeah. Did someone, cause it's always like first, first name and then last initial of the, you know, first initial of the, of the last name. And I'm, I'm not sure, but, um, but yeah, so, so, so you would recommend asking, you know, all of your clients, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the ones, of course, who had a good experience um, to, you know, and, and I think maybe the easiest way to ask that, and this is just my opinion, I'd love to get your opinion, mm-hmm. is to is to contact your client. And I don't think it even matters when, um, even if it's two years ago that you sold them the home, I think yeah. it's perfectly okay to say, hey, I'm in the process of of doing my, my business plan for this year. And I realized I forgot to ask uh, for you, if you would do me a giant favor, this would help me get the word out about how I treat clients. Would you mind just sharing your experience, turn your phone around, you know, yeah. speak for a minute. Um, and, and that's really all you have to say. And, and some people won't do it. Some people will. Some people um, will be uncomfortable and some people will be so happy to. Yeah. But at the same time too, you know, if you are, you know, if you're, I know that not a lot of people are do, are going to closings and stuff in real life sure. now, but when we're allowed to again, <laughs> then at that point, you can even just, I've, you know, done this before with people when you're in person and just literally put your hand on them and say, I'm going to turn a camera on right now. And yeah. I just want you to tell everyone what, what this process was like and how happy you are right now. That works. Um, I have a question. I want to go back to um, yeah. creating these these sort of sales funnels. And mm-hmm. I was curious because I, I'm in Chicago. There's many neighborhoods here. Uh, each neighborhood is its own little microcosm and, and its mm-hmm. own little market. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I was just thinking if I was an agent and I focused in like three neighborhoods here in the city, I probably would want to create three different funnels mm-hmm. where the content is specific to each uh, each neighborhood, right? So I would be wanting to provide content. Now that's not necessarily why somebody might be wanting to hire you because they were going to move to a different neighborhood, Mm -hmm. but, but I would think, um, you know, you would also be looking for people that are raising their hands that are interested in those particular neighborhoods and feeding them content. So I'm curious on, do you, do you deal with, with some of your clients, which your clients are real estate agents who have multiple markets and you set up sort of multiple tracks based on, you know, their specific geographic, uh, you know, areas. So we do things a little bit differently. I don't tend to niche people down in terms of location as much. Gotcha. Obviously, like you ha- you'll have your areas that you serve and like that's where we want to push your stuff out to. But we niche people down in terms of demographic. Upsizers, downsizers, first-time buyers, investors, you know, corporate women, depending on how how big your market is, we can niche down. Sure. Like someone in New York can niche down a lot further than someone in, you know, I don't know, some small town in Nebraska, right? Right. So, so it's just, it really depends on the size of your market. But the reason why we do it this way, geo farming and location stuff has been around forever. And the reason, in my opinion, it was so popular for so long was because it was the only way to be consistent and frequent in front of the people that you were trying to nurture, right? You were cold calling, you were door knocking, you were flyering, or you were like actually mail dropping yourself. And so a lot of the time that was the only way to to get yourself in front of those people at enough of a frequency that they would remember who you were. 
So, you know, what we do now that we have the internet and we can retarget and we can get, we can push this content in front of the people who are actually raising their hand and are interested. What we want to do instead, or what we tend to do is niche people down in terms of demographics so that the content can be so specific in terms of those people's pains, problems, fears, and desires, right? Because the person who is upsizing because they're, they're, they're having their first child, they can be living in the same area or neighborhood as someone who's just about to downsize, but their Good pains and, and, you know, the things that they're going through and their desires are so different. Boy, that's, that's such an important distinction. I'm so glad you said that. So really what we're talking about are, are creating content around life events or yes. um, you, you said, you know, demographic versus geographics um, mm-hmm. and, and demographics could include ge- geography, but, oh. but we're talking about, Hey, where is somebody at in their life? What, what are, what do they value? What do, what are their fears? What are the, what do the, what are their goals? How do I create customized content that can scale? Um, but that specifically, like, I don't want to send hey, um, let's talk retirement to people in their 20s and 30s. Um, but for people who are you know, now at, nearing the end of their careers and maybe their 60s, um, th- that content would look very different to, to mm-hmm. those individuals than it would be to younger people. Absolutely. And I think that you're able to get so much more specific and create so much more relevant content when you are speaking to people who have, and who have common common goals, common themes in their lives. And they're, you know, and this is just kind of basic sales that I think all of us fundamentally know is that, you know, sales is just current situation, desired situation, right? Right. Your current situation isn't serving you. You move, moving isn't fun. Nobody likes to move, but we do it because we have this desired situation that we truly believe is going to make our lives better. And so understanding that current situation, what that looks like and what the desired situation looks like and being able to position yourself, your services, everything that you do as essentially the bridge between the two. Wow. Well, tell us about the listings lab. So, so we, we've talked a little bit about sort of, um, you know, the overall philosophy about how you teach people how to, you know, be more effective online to scale, uh, to get more clientele and to serve those specific clients based on where they're at and how to automate that. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, exactly what that looks like at the, on the, at the listings lab. Yeah. So, um, we, this is basically the program that I wish that I'd had, like, 15 years ago. (laughs) It would have saved me a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of stress, but really at the end of the day, it's, it's the, it's everything from, you know, mindset. We always start with mindset. We call it the seven deadly sins of the listings lab. It's the things that really get people stuck. It's the perfectionism and the self-sabotaging behaviors and things like that, that keep people from really being able to use what we're going to teach them in the program to create everything at the scale that they want. Um, And a lot of what we teach in the listings lab is about authenticity and really showing up as yourself, taking off that realtor hat, putting yourself in the shoes of the people that you want to attract, understanding them deeply and giving them what they need. It's not about you. It's about them. And so we, we kind of start everything off with messaging right? The nine point messaging sequence that we teach that I talked about earlier, market research, understanding like what exactly these people need to hear. Cause it's, you know, what someone in Washington DC needs to hear is very different than someone in Gainesville, Florida. Right. So we want to make sure that the messaging is very specifically customized to you, to your market, to the demographic that you're wanting to work with. So once we go through that, then we actually build out each individual agent has their own signature system or their own unique methodology. 
right? And so it gets named and branded and marketed alongside each each agent, right? Just like I have the listing slab method. My name is Jess. I'm, I don't have the Jess method, right? I have the listing slab method that essentially teaches people what to do or how to go, how, how the basic framework of like what we do together and why our clients get the results that they get. So basically what happens is you end up with this piece of authority that can, that turns into your listing presentation. It turns into your, some of your content, some of your authority content. It turns into this thing that gives you so much more power and authority, including, you know, when you go out and try to get some PR and the sure. media is asking you about things. And we teach that in the program as well, but of how, how to attract media and PR attention, but it's not just, oh, here's Joe Smith. And he's this great agent in Chicago. It's here's Joe Smith. And this is his, you know, upsizing methodology. And this is what he does. And it just gives so much more power and power and authority behind it. So we go through that and then we go through content creation and the nine, the nine different types of content that we teach. We, we go through everything from, you know, what, what to say, how it should be spaced, you know, what your videos should look like. You know, we don't teach a lot of really polished anything, especially for social media, just right. because it does, it really doesn't perform as well. So like right. the more raw and organic and authentic it feels, the better it seems to do. Um, so we go through all of that and then we go through um, assets. So, you know, your, your guides, your listing presentations, your all of that stuff. And then we get into the ad stuff, which is going to be writing and creating lead generation ads, omnipresence, set up and retargeting, how to set up your ad account effectively, Facebook groups and how to grow an engaged and profitable Facebook group. Um, we go through omnipresence, retargeting, setup, pixels all that good stuff. So like sure. basically what we're doing is we're teaching everyone the organic marketing side and the paid traffic side. Cause I truly believe that if you, you're going to have a really powerful brand online, you need to have both sure. really dialed in and then just, you know, maintenance of campaigns and, and how to track everything over time, how to make adjustments. And yeah, that's sort and, of like, it's everything from start to finish. And if I heard you correctly, and I may have this wrong, so I want you to correct mm -hmm. me if I, if it, once it's set up, and obviously you're making adjustments along the way and you're wanting to probably create new content when it, when, when it's needed. Yeah. Um, but it's really what you say, do you say one hour a week or, or a couple yeah. of hours a week? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even with me, like I have, I have a relatively large, big audience. I have, you know, my Facebook group, I have Instagram, we're, we're building out in some other areas as well. And I mean, I probably spend an hour a week and, and I'm creating content for, you know, a lot of people answering a lot of questions with a lot of engagement. And, and it doesn't take me longer than that because I know exactly, you know, what needs, what kind of content type needs to be created at that point. And I have like a bank of content of things that like, I, I have lists and lists and lists of content, of content ideas. And I, so I can sit down and I can look at this list and say, yeah, I feel like doing this one today, <laughs> or I have something to say about this, or, you know, I did a live stream the other day on clubhouse, just about like how agents are using it incorrectly and what, like how to actually use it in the most profitable way for your business. Sure. And I did a live stream on that. It was 15 minutes and it was like absolutely value packed in 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be hours and hours and hours of content, but it takes practice. Right. You know, you're not going to write your first three pieces of content in three minutes. 
Yeah, you know, okay. So I, if I, I'm just thinking as as a, a one of our listeners here, mm-hmm. and I would think, boy, if I was wanting to build a team, this is a really important machine that you mm. want to get built and set up so that you can attract other realtors and, and entice them by saying, hey, the hardest part of this business, of course, is, is client acquisition, yeah. uh, lead generation. I, uh, I am going to take care of some of that for you because yeah. you're going to invest in listings lab. Mm-hmm. And, and boy, if I was one, and, and teams are everything right now, right? Yeah. That's all we hear about our teams. That's all you're hearing about from, and boy, if I wanted to, to, uh, I mean, we know that brokerages really aren't handing out leads. Most aren't. Um, no. and that's really probably not their job anyway. No. Um, and, and, and teams really, it's not necessarily their job, but boy, it makes it a heck of a lot more attractive if mm-hmm. you're able to say, Oh, by the way, so-and-so, if you join my team, let me show you what I'm doing and how I'm attracting clients and how I can introduce you to more people so that you can go out and, and, and close the business. You know, the other thing that, and, and I should have mentioned this earlier with the signature system or the expert methodology that each agent has, a lot of the time what happens is in agent marketing, agents tend to position themselves as magic. Yeah. And so if you're magic and you're like the real <laughs> estate wizard, then no one else can do what you do. And so it makes it really hard. And I think so many agents can resonate with this to actually pass those leads off to other people on your team. Everyone's calling in saying, I only wanted to work with you. Like, I don't want to work with Sally. Yeah. And, and so a lot of what we do with the methodology is positioning the methodology as the, as the reason for the results. It's the proven system to get you where you want to go. And then everyone else on your team can be trained and can be an expert at implementing that process. Awesome. It does two things, it makes the handoff of the lead much easier, and it allows you to build this really solid set of standard, standard operating procedures so that you know that every single client who goes through your team, your organization, your company, whatever you want to call it, is getting a standardized high level of service. Yeah, that, that boy, that just makes makes such perfect sense. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to, May, I'm going to do a self-serving. I have a question for you that is 100% our audience. You can you can tune out for the next minute if this <laughs> bores you. But this would be. But I, I think it, you should listen because I think we're talking about the same thing. So so what I do uh, professionally is I recruit realtors. So mm-hmm. one of the guys on my team. I wish it was my idea, but it, it's David Bovin. I have to give him credit. Earlier today, he said, "Hey, I have an idea." He goes, "Over the last year with the pandemic." Realtors have obviously not gone into offices very often and probably not at all. They've been able to still run their business from home, probably to even their own surprise, more than they knew they could before. You know, most agents work remotely anyway, but now they know they absolutely, they don't even have to meet people and they can do virtual showings, they can do virtual listing appointments, et cetera. So a lot of this stuff has now become, as as you wanted to be um, sort of independent geographically, now agents can a lot of times somewhat be independent, but at least they could be sitting at home if, if not across somewhere else in the country. And he said to me this morning, this is such apropos uh, timing, um, he, or such app timing, he said, um, you know, we should be we should be creating content on social media talking about, hey, have you noticed that you're spending a lot more time at home running your business? And and in our firm, we have we have a different sort of commission structure. We give back almost all the commission. So mm-hmm. we're kind of a high commission, low fee company. Okay. But but I mean, we have a couple, we have physical offices, no one uses them, but we have them. And so he said, we should be creating content about, Hey, have you noticed that you're sitting at home a lot more and probably relying a little bit less upon your firm for -hmm. some of those tangibles, like, you know, uh, you know, printed marketing material, physical office space. And so I was curious to get your thoughts on, 
Um, and I'll, of course, anyone who's listening can duplicate this as well. If you're looking to attract other agents or mm-hmm. even recruit more people to your team or your company, it seems like that kind of content for realtors would be very effective as well. A hundred percent. I follow exactly the same system myself as I teach. It works. Because you're attracting realtors as I'm well. All, yeah. uh, the only, my only audience and the only people that I attract is, are realtors. And I use exactly the same methodology to do what I do as I teach to other agents. Now, the nuts and bolts of what I do is a little different because real estate's a little bit of a different animal. But we have people who go through the program to recruit for their downlines for EXP. We have, uh, we've got brokerage owners in the program who they build out for their own business, for their own production, but then they also build out a second funnel to attract agents. Sure. It 100% works both ways. Well, I am sold. I am uh, I am definitely going to going to check it out. I want everyone else to go to the listings lab. Listings is plural. So the listingslab.com and learn more about uh, about Jess, her methodology and, you know, take a look to see if it if it's something that you feel, you know, this is the year. You know, we're now I, I was saying this earlier the other day. This is the year also, if you're like an introvert, what a perfect reason to start 100%. to get involved, right? Yeah. This is this is the year of the introvert. We're, we're, we're in last year as well. You, If you're an introvert and you're like, gosh, you know, I'm a real estate agent, but I don't like getting out there as much. It zaps my energy. Well, gosh, you don't have to get out there as much as you used to. No. Um, and, and learning tools like this will really help do the hardest part, especially for introverts, which is, you know, going out and finding clients. Not everyone has to be, uh, you know, sort of a one-to-one in the face, in your face sort of um, personality mm-hmm. to be successful in this business. And having systems uh, like the listings lab is, it seems like an amazing idea. So everyone listening, go to the, not now if you're driving, but when soon as you <laughs> pull over and, and go to the listingslab.com and, and learn more. And, um, you know, I, I'm a marketer. That's all I do as well. And I, I 100% endorse Jess and her company because Thank I know you. that they have incredible results. And she is not somebody, there's so many social media experts, mm-hmm. social marketing experts, search engine optimization experts. And it's not always clear who's actually an expert. She was an agent. She was a top producer, sold her company, and now is continuing to help agents uh, do what she did in the past. So, um, you know, she walks the talk and we're, we're huge fans. So everyone go listingslab.com. Uh, Jess, thank you so much thank for you. being on our show. It was such a pleasure. Oh my and gosh, it was I, my pleasure. I am going to become a client as well because I want you to help me with my real estate uh, agent recruiting. So um, I'm, <laughs> oh, we're going to do that. Anyway, for everyone listening, I want you to help uh, not only go visit thelistingslab.com, but tell a friend about this episode. Think of one other real estate professional that could benefit from hearing from Jess about taking someone's uh, social media presence and online advertising to the next level to scale, to get more clients in 2021 and send them a link to this episode. The easiest way to do that, just Think of a friend and send them a link to our our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. They can stream the episode right there in their browser or have them pull up a podcast app on their phone and look for Keeping It Real. And uh, that would help us continue to serve more and more uh, of our agents and listeners. So thanks, uh, Jess. Thank you so much. And we will see everyone on the next episode. Thanks, Jess. Thank you. 